My name is Al Swinski. Uh, I'm a musician and <laughs> a student of life, for lack of a better phrase. And yeah, I play in a band called Bad Bad Not Good. Um, I play drums and kind of like on stage and I'm a little bit of a leader in the environment of the of the group. And I also run a side project called Group Climate, which is uh, an adventure with exploring different space sonically and working with other musician friends, trying to have an alternative space outside of Babanaka to like learn, grow and track self-progress um, more out of my comfort zones with like writing chords and harmony, playing more keyboards and stuff like that. And I'm cool. a dad. <laughs> you are. Yeah. Oh shit. I didn't know. Uh, I didn't know you had a little one. You uh, one kid or multiple? Just one. Just one at the moment. Two and a half year old. You're you're in your early thirties. Yeah, I'm thirty two, turning thirty three this year. How how old is your how old is your kid? Uh, two and a half. Damn man. I didn't know you were a dad. That almost like changes like the mentality. <laughs> I feel like of the interview. In oh, a, that's all good. Uh, it's just like um, some something about it. Um, when whenever I've interviewed people that have children, I'm always like, "How did that like completely change everything you did? <laughs> or, like your entire mindset?" Every um, every answer I have will probably be very influenced by it. So don't even worry. All right. All right. <laughs> um, so I wanted to kind of start of course, early on. So um, growing up, would you say that you were always musically inclined? And um, did you know from early on that a pursuit of music was going to be something that you would want to do as a career? For sure. I feel like thinking back to early childhood, I my classic little story about the drums in particular is I had a neighbor and a, two cousins that played drums. Mm. So I just kind of like saw it as a kid and I thought it was really cool. Uh, for some reason I thought it was cooler than guitar and just really wanted to play drums. So my dad started to buy me like a toy drum kit that with real drumsticks that I beat the heck out of and it broke. And then slowly started to buy me like piece by piece over the years of like building a small drum kit kind of thing. And he was very, um, yeah, like kind to, uh, help me like, get into it um and like see my interest in it yeah it's interesting i i guess like the stereotypical would be someone picks up a guitar um yeah d drums is not the most accessible to have a kit like at a house or something yeah like <laughs> yeah or like yeah like if you, your parents are committing to just like that real noise. noise yeah um but yeah my dad also plays guitar and like was quite good at it when I was a kid and like that was his oh, thing shit. before he he switched into computer business style <laughs> career but um maybe that's kind of also why I didn't want to play guitar because I was like oh you can do that mm -hmm. your, your rebellious nature uh coming out <laughs> yeah I guess so um yeah and then from you know the trail of starting to take some lessons and jam with friends and then eventually high school started playing in bands and stuff like that and um deciding what i was going to do after high school um the teacher that i had was teaching at like a jazz college so it was like all right well i want to give this a shot i want to see like what performance and it could you know 
be as a job, as a career. Sure. It was like my sure. main interest outside of everything else, really. So I was like, I'm going to try this out, not really knowing how to make it as a musician or what it entails, but I always loved playing shows and yeah, I just was really into it. So I figured give it a shot. I think better to try a pursuit of some kind of career or something you're really into versus oh, like hell yeah. you're half-assed in. Cause I've heard many stories of it all, you know, switching later based on just needing more time or whatever, wherever you're at. So did you assume it early on to be that you might just play in some sort of ensemble, like that you just might play in like a larger orchestra or something of that nature? Like I, I, feel I, like, I, I hear jazz college or, or something. That yeah. Nature. Well, only because like to actually go for like an academic like degree, there's only jazz and, and classical programs. Okay. Um, so the college I went to just like had shifted their program to become like a full university degree. And hmm. uh, like for my parents, that was like, all right, like we want you to get a degree of some sorts. Like, so I had to follow through with it a little bit. And then mm -hmm. um, we started doing YouTube videos and stuff like that. And kind of uh, un subconsciously created bad, but not good without knowing what it could be or what it would do. And then, yeah, sure started to become a thing and a bit of a system and we're like okay let's part of me let's try and make this a real band and like really work at it and try to write our own music and see what can happen play more shows and then dropped out of college to really give it a one two true try that that kind of leads to i guess my next question which is like um like kind of coming together to form like bad bad um like at, mm -hmm. at what point do you guys realize um that you really want to form the band and stick with that and uh that you start to put music out as that title um i feel like in like the in the jazz college situation there's there's a lot of exciting just kind of like meeting people and all being there to play music and spending this time to learn and practice and play music so and being around yeah, talent, right? I'm sure. Yeah. And seeing great performers or mm -hmm. different things and learning things all the time. So there's an exciting element with that amongst like the kind of like slack of work that sucks, but you do it or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then I think maybe based on like the material that you play or that you're learning or working on, I feel like we were hitting some like certain people will hit a bit of a lull thing. You're like, yeah, like I'll learn this, but like this music doesn't maybe like hit me in the heart as much as like music I like to play on the side or I grew up playing or whatever. Sure. So I think there was a kind of desire to want to, you know, do something musically that felt a little bit more exciting and modern and fresh. Um, so when I met my two bandmates at the time, uh, Chester and Maddie, we, I was just like, let's just like, let's jam like as we all would. And we were into jazz and soloing and improvising, but I was like, let's, let's play something new. Like let's find a common ground. So odd future was just kind of happening. So right. Right. Picked up some of the, that material. And obviously we loved Gucci Mane and walk, walk of flame and all that kind of awesome stuff that was really happening at that moment. So that's kind of where it started. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I can't remember where, where your question started. Oh, no. it, <laughs> you are, you are answering it like exactly how, um, hold on one second. There's a, all right. 
I have a like for some reason my parents have this grandfather clock. I'm at my folks' place right now in upstate. Yeah, I normally yeah. I normally live in the city, uh, but I yeah, like yeah. to come here to like get the oasis of like mm-hmm. being around. I live, I live out in the country, two hours outside of Toronto, so I'm literally in like the forest. I I actually have a question about that because uh, <laughs> Sagan told me a little bit about that. Um, but yeah, so, so to get kind of back into um, like yeah. what we were talking about before. Um, is when when does it go from like original forming of like bad bad not good and playing a bit together to oh like let's put music out like let's let's do this um i guess it took like maybe almost 2 years of just it starting and then youtube videos and then the initial one kind of going viral and Tyler, the creator posting about it and being like whoa this is really crazy like this is we would have we we would want this reception but we didn't know that it was going to happen like it was kind of just like a little bit of a buzzy dream and if it didn't happen i guess we would have just kind of kept doing our thing and (laughs) maybe never even made, made a band happen of any sort but because it became a thing there was a bit of a drive with it we all felt excited and i think amongst like our early 20-ish, late teens, early 20s at the time, we were, it was just something like exciting to feel mm-hmm. uh, that we were kind of incubating, we were doing. And school is is fun, but it's, it's not really like, it doesn't give you the same kind of excitement. Like, yeah, maybe like a good performance in your class environment, school, or a great jam session, but to actually like do something and people to listen to it that's like, oh, that feels like the real deal. Like that feels like what music is actually for in a way and connecting with people and that type of thing versus like a very small, like, you know, classrooms environment. That's like the studying time, which is also really great. But um, so, yeah, I lost the, the question again. <laughs> no, it's okay. Every time. No, it's okay. So basically it took some time to like kind of feel out the right. process and, and yes. feel the, the initial recognition to yeah. realize, so did, okay, this is something here. Yeah. So we did the first video and then um, we worked on a few more. And then a gentleman who became, and still is and became our band manager actually reached out and was like, Hey, do you guys want to do a show cool. in Toronto? So we like went and met him uh, and his like, uh, his bulldog and he was very intimidating we were like yeah sure let's do a show it'd be really cool really small bar not a venue by any means kind of show it was really fun lots of friends showed up and i guess you know even amongst what we were doing it still felt very fun and special so there was still like a good connection to it not like oh well like yeah sure that was kind of cool i think it was like the perfect pre-smartphone kind of more youtube dominant age of that like you know instagram was just photos and all that stuff so it just felt really good and then we worked on it for kind of like a while playing more shows uh now a a gentleman who runs a really great bbc show radio uh show dj uh collector has his own label started playing some of the youtube audio on his like proper bbc show and we were like kind of mind blown that you know we're getting airplay in london without uh, having any try or effort or connection to it they just right it just naturally happened so there was things kind of happening with this project that i guess we were totally not even aware of that like bbc shows shows existed and yeah 
uh, with that traction, went to go play a show in London through Giles Peterson, who's that radio DJ. Um, and it was with like Thundercat and a bunch of other amazing musicians. Mm. Um, uh, Jamie XX and like Subtract and Sampha and Michael Kiwanuka and all these amazing artists that I love and listen to. Uh, but so we kind of got pushed into this thing where we're, we're, weren't really, you know, we were really grateful and excited and we were just kind of like, well, this is really cool. And if this is where we, if this can go, this connection, I think we really want to like push forward and see how right. to like maintain something like that. And like maybe even more so for our own music, because we were mainly playing covers with a few originals in there. But the cover language, I think, was kind of what was like exciting to people at the time. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, then we worked on it for like a couple of years and met some friends and started jamming and learning how to record. And then eventually like wrote a full album and recorded it. And um, our friend Jamie, who runs Innovative Leisure, helped us with a small record deal. And we put out like an, a real record, which I think was also kind of like a pivotal, like, oh, you know, we can actually do this. This is what a real band does, not just like a kind of fun covers experimental project. How was it starting to play like that first show? Was that a great experience or uh, had you, I guess you had said you had kind of played shows before and I'm sure you're entire the entire time you're growing up playing music you have to play in front of people so yeah. you're used to it but was that an exciting experience playing as the actual bad bad not good moniker uh for the yeah, first yeah. time for sure um i think one of the main reasons why is because at the first shows for a while were cover so if you knew the song like it would be something familiar that that's cool felt, yeah, yeah felt good so like it was kind of like it had this more immediacy of energy exchange i think than say if you're like an original band and you're writing a record and you go yeah. start playing shows and people don't know the music and if you can perform it really well or like there's some real like zest in the performance whether it's solos or very high energy moments like that will probably win people but to go play like covers of Nas and you know Gucci Mane and whatever else uh, at the time uh, people knew the, the instrumentals because they're they're all like 20 some of them are 20 plus years old 30 years old and so it was just like a good time jam vibe so there was something very fun about that um, that makes sense yeah I mean like, my girlfriend were listening to the most recent album uh mm -hmm. 2021 or seven yeah i think so i think it's um, and the, it's the first track on that and we were kind of talking about how it kind of sounds like music that would be played in a scene in interstellar while they were like <laughs> through space um like a score in that or something right um, and so I can see how playing that at a live show is a very different um, experience yes. than playing than like, playing like a lemonade. Or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. Right. Um, and I guess that, you know, the, the jump from beginning to kind of almost end or current is that's just where our kind of uh, experiences have brought us in terms of like, of course recording recording on tape and wanting to have a certain sound and aesthetic that was very inspiring and current still is um versus kind of like diy like show up do it wherever style recordings which we did a lot in the early days mm -hmm. um 
and I guess that was also very inspired by like mixtapes and a lot of like rap music that we were listening to just, you know, people were dropping like a hundred mixtapes a year kind of thing. Sure, so we felt, sure. felt like with our approach, we could do the same. Yeah. You clearly have had such a, you guys have had such a close relationship in terms of your influence with hip hop. Is that mm-hmm. just because what you said, like, that's just what you guys were listening to? Cause I mean, in terms of the coverage, sure. But also like later collaborations, um, I mean, there's a clear connection between the band and hip hop, but it's not a hip hop band um, by any means. Yeah, for sure. I you know, it's like jazz. It's whatever. I was when people ask me what our band sounds like, I'm like, it's jazz, funk, rock. Because sure, yeah, sure, yeah. You know, it's it's probably so a hard thing things. to explain to someone. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a very you know we're extremely appreciative of of black music. It's changed our lives and and made us feel inspired and learn to play and share music as a connection and a language. So it's all of them, really. Um, Mm -hmm. All those genres that are so beautiful. But yeah, I feel like uh, the the connection with live instrumentation, jazz sampling at Mm. the time still is like was like a full kind of circle experience for us where we're like, we're here to learn and play. But if we play these these loops or these things that people have chopped up, DJ Premier, whoever, Q-Tip. There's something really fun about then like opening those up and trying to create a language and solo and see what we can do instrumentally. And our thing for a long time was like not discuss too much and let things be kind of free and loose and and, uh, of the moment. So I think that we listened to jazz hip hop before or people doing that kind of stuff. It's not, it wasn't right. totally brand new, but for right. us, it was just kind of a way to connect as people and, and music fans that something that was really inspiring, you know, like right. we were all like, it's super, it's still, I mean, I still am, but like obsessed with Jay Dilla. And so you start playing some of those beats and you're like, Oh, this is like, this harmony is really cool. Blah, 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 blah. Endless education and fun really. So that's like a way for you guys to like translate or streamline uh, your um, love and engagement of that music into your own personal um, creation. Yeah. Yeah. Like kind of ch- in a cheating way where someone's already sure. these incredible songs, but music is music and it was a way to learn and a way to like share something exciting and common between us all. Cool. I So I have a, um so i'm musically like illiterate like i don't i don't play music i never have no problem Um, i am too yeah okay so uh, (laughs) how how do you guys make a song like i'm curious like how how does that come together like i'm sure every time a song is different but in in layman's terms in like in a simple kind of way how how does a song come together um when your most of your music is not relying on vocals it's not relying on lyrics i feel like there's a general barometer of the demo or the written ideas gotta feel like something in its emotional quality of the harmony so the instruments that are playing notes not just drums Mm. or the drums parts or the rhythms that are happening have to feel like so fun and exciting that like maybe they take more of a 
step forward and like the harmony music can be and melodies can be more simplified or like less less important in that composition based on like how the the creative force is being like you know stirred together in the pot mm-hmm. um but as of right now sometimes it's just totally improvised like all right let's make something up someone comes up with a chord progression a melody idea something's happening maybe a drum beats kind of starting the groove and a baseline happens or whatever it can go literally a million ways but generally for instrumental bad but not good music it's then kind of like really getting on the the train as it starts float rolling and being like how can i input something that add something or like this we've been playing this for a while this is really cool does it need something else asking questions asking for someone to you know can you write a b section which means add another section to the song some chords or something and then maybe you jam it through a bunch of times or you go to record it you listen to it and then you're like okay cool now i'm kind of hearing how all these little details and things are working and i can kind of pick and choose from my roles drums what I want to add or take away or keep the same and then offer maybe some like connectivity points on, Hey, when we get to this section, let's do this together or whatever. So basically without getting, I mean, that's very specific, I guess, but just trying to like take something from nothing and then guide it together in a way that feels like naturally very passionate. Yeah. yeah. You feel like you leave with a piece of music or whatever song, and you don't feel like it was it lacked effort or like intention or feeling like you just try to really throw everything you can into it and do it again and again and again music is mind-blowing to me because it stems from nothing i think that's why it like when i listened to like when i was listening to the album the other day or Mm -hmm. when i had listened to music in the past or whatever it's like where does it fucking come from and i understand (laughs) that uh, of course over time you tweak you tweak but when there's nothing right like that's the part that's mind-blowing to me about i I think i think the nothing obviously is can come from many different ways but sometimes it comes from just how you feel that day like being connected to yourself and saying i want to I want to speak this not necessarily maybe whatever i've told my friends how i feel but i want to put it into some music so i'm playing mm-hmm. someone's playing piano and chords come out because you're trying to tap into emotion and you might have the tools to be like feeling more sad or somber or you know optimistic or whatever mad i don't know really know how to make mad music but <laughs> um mm. the general lines of emotion i think can come out based on how you feel or you just kind of throw paint at the wall and you just play. And naturally your own ears and kind of observation of life and music and style and what you like to listen to, I think if you have a space where you're not focused on trying to do something that someone else has done or something that you think will work, if it's in a more kind of like, I'm just going for it for me world, Mm-hmm. for the self then i think something can usually happen where you just things start to move and thankfully playing in a group setting if you get stuck you can ask someone yeah hey, that part about this 
where could this go? And then they get on board and then they're, you know, then they're adding that thing. And then you're like, that's really cool. And then maybe someone else tries something and it just goes like to a vortex of something, uh, some type of loose form structure idea exists. And then if you have good communication skills amongst what's going on, talk about it and put it down. The thing I've heard like music people say is that like a big skill to have is like your ability to refine. Yeah. Would you say that that is something that is nice because you have the group? Um, and is that something you guys are very good at doing together? Um, Cause what I've heard is that sometimes people bring an outside perspective and that's why a lot of people will work on projects because some refining can be difficult. Yeah. I think, I think having the ability to kind of like pull back from something that feels too thick or too heavy or kind of cloudy towards what mm -hmm. the sound or song wants to exist as is a really good skill. But I personally don't like to worry about that till it's necessary. I feel like okay. it's so much fun to throw everything out there. If you're ex energized to do so and let it be, like totally experimental and open and try the wrong thing because you know it might be cool or weird because oh, there's so much information that can inform to the final stage if there's like an openness and the refining will happen naturally because there's multiple people working on it and listening to it and someone might say yeah it's really cool i like what you're trying for i don't think it's working and you're like great now i know that if i actually do the opposite you'll probably have a lot more like, <laughs> like kind of stable contribution to what's happening. And it usually works out really well. So, and sometimes you just naturally will go, I know I'm just going to go this way. I know kind of what's going to work, but I feel like even though maybe I'm not contributing the most creative part or idea, what, well, what other people are doing are covering some of that ground. So I don't have to be doing that as well. Like there's always just so many kind of delegations to, how it can be made or what can happen. Um, and especially because we're not, when when we're recording, and, I, and the, just to be clear too, the recording or creative process I'm talking about is actually very analog. We're recording on tape. So you get this like, got to rewind the tape. Okay, we're ready. Are we recording? It's not just like a computer endless full digital like workspace oh, wow. where maybe someone's adding something or that we do that stuff as well but we do really just feel the most comfortable and the most inspired when we're just you just got the tape machine no computer at least at the very beginning stages is that because it feels like the pressure you have to sh yeah because you kind of have to show up as best you can okay in okay. in that in that idea in that space in that time sometimes yeah. it doesn't come together but a lot of the music I really love and listen to is all made that way. Mm. And when we started to kind of get our first experiences working on tape and analog, the sound and the workflow were really like revolutionary for our, um, yeah, our experiences making music and recording and not be, and like listening more to music as a whole picture rather than second guessing like one thing that you desperately want to change in sacrifice to the whole piece of music or maybe that one thing isn't like incredible but there's something else that happens that's so much more like deep and beautiful and inspiring that it's okay for that like little mistake or inconsistency to happen because it's the smaller 
detail amongst something more beautiful. So I think that kind of like, yeah, <laughs> that whole world of, you know, creating and those parameters and those limitations are like speak to us. When you, when you help out on projects, when they're like recording things digitally, are you like, Oh, these motherfuckers, like, look at how easy this no, is. No, I don't have any prejudice towards it, but it's funny because if someone only knows that style of recording, mm -hmm. there is a really cool like shift when you bring in someone who's so used to like, and like, Hey, you like, so what the way we end up doing is we record as much as we can to tape. If there's a really great opportunity to keep it all on tape and mix it off of tape and it doesn't get digitized till like it goes to streaming services. Sure. But we usually record everything into the computer then, and then you can do some editing and whatever else, but we okay. want the basis of the music to be very like intentional and set up the best we possibly can, the most connected, the most communicated based on performances, solos, everything. Um, and so, so when we, yes, when someone, knows the digital realm really well that's also really cool too the only thing i find about it is like all the time every like six musicians spend sitting around a computer so many things can get decided can get improvised can get communicated right in that right. period of time that once we've you know we've kind of like we eat the like organic sauce or whatever it tastes really good so the sitting around and like trying to be more calculated works and it's it can create something cool too but when you're jamming there's a, such a freedom of fun that you might write the perfect baseline for that pop song but you wouldn't have if you were just kind of sitting there and one person is just trying to do it so mm -hmm. if someone who works really mainly on the computer i feel like gets a chance to record on tape even if you're not super comfortable with it and or you feel like you're not specifically good enough at the instrument that you're trying to record to be like i'm gonna nail a guitar take for three minutes you don't like it's there's just something really fun that happens where you focus in and you really try and maybe the little things that like kind of happen by accident because they're inconsistent are actually really beautiful versus like kind of knowing you're going to take them away um because you'll just go over it or you'll just edit it out right away so Right. I feel like that's what's that's like the real beauty of sampling is like it's snapshots of records that are really like open, you know, hmm. even if it's like very tight and disco or whatever, if it's jazz, sometimes some of the coolest beats are like a line or an improvised thing that someone wasn't like, this is going to be so hot, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right, line. Cool. It was like, oh, we need an intro. Okay, cool. How about this? Great. Now we're on to the next stage. And it's just like, so I feel like the like the relationship of music past, middle and present is like really the beauty of performing and everything. And we're just, you know, we're just trying to honor our heroes because they're the best, you know, the Herbie Hawks and the Mad Libs and the Dillas and Dooms and all these incredible musicians that sampled or rapped or played. Like, it's just so inspiring all that stuff and it's kind of endless because you can go to a record store hear a record you didn't know and it'll blow your mind and make make you want to go play and then you'll hear a, a beat and you're like what's that sample now you need to go get that sample blah blah blah, blah. you know alchemist the whole the whole deal it's the whole it's big cycle and it's nice because like kind of like you're saying it's like never ending so that's a it's a very yeah. nice uh wheel to be on i guess 
it's really humbling too. It's like it's very much you're you're a show, you're a student every time you kind of well, yeah, in this yeah. environment. Like you're the first thing that we'll probably record every time we go to a studio to make like a band album or song. It's definitely going to be the weaker one compared to the last thing because it's a, a machine that gets warmed up and you start train starts rolling and you're like, all right, now we're finding some ideas and some connectivity um, versus sometimes too with the computer style you're listening to this loop or something so many times that I feel like sometimes you can make decisions thinking that it sucks or it's amazing, but it does suck. <laughs> it can be kind of misleading in mm -hmm. some respects. Um, so yeah, I think, I don't know. I, I love it because to me, it's kind of where a lot of craft and passion like originates from, you know, whether it's food, gardening, architecture, anything really like back in the day without the advance of technology they had to just use your hands and like and use a pencil then a piece of paper or practice mm -hmm. the instrument or put bands together or experiment and to i feel like there's just a lot of everything we have comes from that so i think there's just a you know for us and myself that's where a lot of my inspiration still lies from Fucking dope, honestly. <laughs> cool. Sorry, I was a huge fucking rant. <laughs> no, it's good though, because like for me, I've I've never really heard much about recording on tape. So the only like studio sessions that I've been around were digital. Um and that's fine too. Though they're like live people recording on live instruments, but it's too digital. Um yeah. so it's really cool to hear that take on it. Um, because it it makes sense. It makes sense. Well, and the digital thing is fantastic too. Like some people will go record incredible albums live, whatever, you know, maybe they have a lot of material to get through. They'll, it will be treated very mm -hmm. similarly, but the, there's the other couple little like benefits of tape, which is really nice is that you don't have un unlimited time. So you kind of have to organize your compositions based on what you're trying to do. And then you do run into the like, okay, we have, five minutes left on the tape is this next song five minutes or is it 50 minutes or 40 minutes or whatever um because we have to either swap out a new role so or a reel of tape pardon me so the general little nuances of conversation that even are happening on the technical side create this like kind of patience workflow that i, I will tell people where even when you you say you do a take and then halfway through someone just does something and they're like ah, sorry guys we gotta do this again like that was just that can't be it you know that that flutter is just so bad it's not going to be <laughs> the one so stop it stop the tape you rewind it and in the rewind time because it's not just like okay cool boom hit digital track record again you still get maybe 30 seconds you might practice your little part again and then it's better not be because you got a little like small interval to just try something work it out or you might do something and be like oh shoot that's cool i'm gonna i'm gonna put that in um so those type of nuances to me i think also really speak the language of like nuance and improvisation and experimentation that kind of put a piece of music together um because you're you're focused and you're you know you have to play all these parts and get these things down and so whatever can come together in that moment is what you got would you say you're really into movies are you into movies? Yeah, um, I'm definitely, <laughs> I have a lot of friends who watch a lot of films and are really knowledgeable. 
film is not my main forte by any means, but I love great films and I'm slowly getting into it more. As a, as a dad, you don't have time to watch movies the same way. I just have, <laughs> I have like a dumb question for you. I, uh, as sure. a drummer, did you watch Whiplash and just laugh? You know what's funny about it is like, it was such a thing, whatever year it was. Yeah, a few years ago. It was right? just, it was just so on the nose. I was like, oh, classic jazz school, drumming. And like, I think we just, I was just kind of like, I'm just not going to check this out. Like, you know. Oh, did you not awesome. even watch it? I think I've seen it now, but. Okay. It's just also, it's just, I don't know. If it, if anyone makes kind of like a dramatized film about like the thing that you love or you're passionate about. And then it's That's, like, yeah, it's kind of inaccurate a lot of the time based on the, the language they're using or the way they try to like hype it out. Mm -hmm. It just kind of sucks. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, I don't really care about this right now, you know? They just show him being psychologically and physically abused um, to be the best drummer or like whatever. But I just wonder, like, um, like in that movie, like, is any of that like musically relevant? I don't know if you remember but like in terms I mean, of what, how I feel like coming or oh um, yeah yeah there's definitely like accuracies for sure like that they impl implied um there's just there's some really like just non-logical terms that the like <laughs> teacher uh what is it who is it jk simmons or whatever yes uh he says yeah. some shit that's just you could quote it to anyone who plays the music because it's just hilariously incorrect uh okay. so that's kind of funny and I, the other thing is, I, I don't know, like, I wouldn't take it, the kind of storyline away because there's it, this exists. Like, people have definitely been, like, you know, really pushed to be this, like, prodigy or this thing. And, like, manipulated, I'm sure, right? Yeah, it happens in child actors and young people with a lot of talent, whoever, whatever you're doing. Hmm. Um, so that's, like, that's a valid thing. But just the environment of it and like you know like what does he get into like a car crash has to go play a drum solo and you're like yeah he does yes you know like this is just yeah yeah i just it's it's really funny as just a non-musically person i after watching that movie i looked at drums different and i was like oh shit like is that person nice? Like, is that person real nice? <laughs> I mean, that's cool. If people are, are getting into it and like want to go watch some great like classic drum solos, hell yeah, I still do that shit all the time. There's such amazing performances. Like, were were you ever cool. fucking? Were you ever fucking, like sweating? Like doing like drum solos in the house? Like going crazy? Maybe sometimes. I don't really know. Like it's like it's kind of just the thing like that, that I just would do for myself, you know. Yeah. So I can't like I can't I can't say that. Because how do you get your how do you get your hands how do you get the speed that fast? Like obviously your brain works in a way that is just like extremely unique at this point, where like your body, mm -hmm. like you're you're connected in this way, like your pathway. Right. But like, were you practicing like religiously to have your speeds down? I mean, I'm not even really that fast or my, I still have lots of practicing work to do and okay. being like a technically really good drummer, I would say. Okay. okay. Uh, I can, I, I get by with what I do and I enjoy it. Um, but I'm always like willing to learn and, and want to work on things because 
I'm always inspired and listening to even some of the modern greats of drumming that blow my mind. So I love that, uh, you know, being able to access that. I think, yeah, you kind of, there's skills that work on speed, but I feel like speed is kind of the last thing, unless you really need to be able to play fast music. That's what you're asked to do. I feel like there's mm. a lot of other things that are a lot more helpful or interesting to work on. Right. So, it's funny because I went at the jazz college that I was at for a few years before we dropped out. One of the mm. guys who was in my year had the like fat world's fastest drumming title. Really? Or just like, yeah, you like play oh. with your two hands on a pad and it like clocks how many hits you do in a minute or whatever. And he had the world's fastest hands. So I almost feel like I was like, I'm good. You know, like this guy's got it. <laughs> Yeah, fuck that guy. <laughs> he can pu- he can pull it out. It's impressive. It can be kind of musical. It's kind of not, but sick. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. well, cause, so I like I watched like performances of you guys in preparation, of course. Um, and I had actually seen your tiny desk a couple years ago. Um, I think it's kind of old now. Actually, at this point, it might be like several years old at this point um yeah i don't know i think maybe like 2016 yeah i think it's yeah that's that's a while now um but i was focusing on watching like your technical ability obviously i don't know much about it but right it's that's also that's a very funny one if i can (laughs) oh yeah is it i I don't know it was it was a it was a nice experience but like we get in there and they're basically like are you guys ready to go right now and we're like holy shit like absolutely not but i guess so and we're like kind of nervous because we haven't done it you know and we've seen great ones and whatever yeah there's really good Um, ones yeah incredible and even after we did it there's so many beautiful Mm -hmm. ones but the one thing for me that was was kind of like you know was a little bit annoying is they put the drums right beside the piano and they mic the piano from the back so i'm playing and the guy's like you need to play quieter you need to play quieter and like i was like holy i gotta play so like quieter than oh, i was that why you're really so played. gingerly on the yeah because the guy was just like oh if you play too loud it just sounds like crap in the piano and i was, was like that's not my fault i'm not like i'm not slashing these drums <laughs> so i'm playing extremely quietly which is fine. I also enjoy being able to have a dynamic range, but it was a little bit uncomfortable to try to do a performance that felt like you could like, you know, I don't know, like give us some extra sauce when someone basically said play as quietly as possible. So uh, my, it turned my, out, it turned out all right, but it's like a little bit, <laughs> it was, you know, it was internally frustrating, I guess. My understanding is with music that like for drums, you're kind of, like the backbone and so potentially if drums are not i mean i'm sure all of it matters but if the drums are not up to par then potentially like everything else could fall apart due to like not holding up the tempo and things of that nature has there ever been like times where like you've had to cancel shows because you know for you you can't be at the level you need to perform at I mean, no, we've always just said yes and just suffered. Oh, you just say fuck it. If my my skills were bad, then we just rolled with it. And for honestly, for a while, like, they definitely (laughs) were rough. Uh Um, Even from the get-go, like, you know, music school and practicing and whatever. But then performing is also just a different beast where there's nerves and there's an environment and you want to do really good. And when you're young, at the time, we were like, have a few beers to try to subside the nerves and then you get excited and we probably speed the song up by way too much. But 
there's an energy in that and like a freedom in that mm -hmm. um that now i'm much more like proud to accept that's cool like be cool with but for a long time i would always kind of be down on myself like oh i'm rushing or like i'm making mistakes or whatever sure um sure. and yeah there was like a negligence and like an embarrassment happened <laughs> for a long time and now i'm like all right cool i'm gonna go do this gotta work and practice and get my shit together uh so that way like i can be on par with people who sound really good of course um, yeah. So definitely, we never. Yeah, we never canceled any shows. We just suffered. <laughs> yeah. Well, I because I think about like earlier how you were saying like that that first show, right? And now you guys have been together for over a decade at this point. Like, is there a difference um, in a way you prepare for like a festival show to when you were like originally preparing for maybe smaller shows, like in the beginning? Yes, and I feel like it's mainly now having a much more trying to have more consistency in playing and practicing. I feel like a lot of my heroes played so much all the time that they didn't have to practice a ton, mm. but because, you know, I am in a band that does a specific thing and it's, and it's not the sixties and we're like, you're on tour, you're recording, you're on tour, you're recording, you're on tour, you're recording. We have like interim time. So right. I think just practicing and like trying to make sure I can, I'm still in shape somewhat before a show really helps. Because hmm. you can just, especially playing drums, you go play really loud, really hard without practicing for a few days. Like your body's going to be cooked um, because you pushed it and it wasn't ready for it. Yeah. How long will you tour at one time? Um, and then how long will you like take off? Like, do you make sure to like take care of your mental health and like also your having time with your family and things of that nature? Yeah, we do like kind of like a max of two weeks at any cool. one run of time. It's just like, you know, the three week mark is fine, but we've done a couple month ones. Not like we're not even as bruiser as other touring bands and no i know bands. some people go crazy right international tours being like super long and that, i mean if you if you can find a way to be healthy with it that's fantastic it, it's just it's it's funny because talking about like touring and being a musician to me i have sympathy for people who do it like myself but also mm -hmm. like i know that there's other jobs that are way harder maybe you don't have to take flights or you know get less sleep but there's other jobs that are really important in society that i don't think are lesser of value than a musician mm. so um yes. yeah. i sit between having an awareness of like the healthiness and aspect of it and how long you can push yourself doing it um and also the kind of like suck it up and just like get through it because you have the opportunity and it's a job and if it's working like you know sometimes that's just how it goes sometimes we just have to get the shit that sucks mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. um but yeah we don't go super especially now that two of us are dads in our group that yeah we don't go for really more than two weeks just because well, i think we rather just go pack it in as tight as possible and go home for a bunch of time reconnect and stay healthy with our families and ourselves and then go back out and do it again have you had a time since being with the band where you've been like, fuck music, I can't do this shit, like I need time away? 
or are you like always tried and true like really into it i definitely have had times of feeling uh at a loss and kind of frustrated or burnt out and i think that was probably stemming a lot from self but then even just in like the original lineup of our band having you know working out things with different band members or having tensions and things like that sure, and sure. whether you're making proper money off it or not those things can i think oh, can yeah. also be stressful um, yeah so there's yeah those types of environments can be kind of a little bit more um uh what's the word they can kind of like make you feel like you don't want to do it or you want to give give up just because you're like well you know we're not even making any money blah 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 and then sometimes it makes you overlook just the general like experience and privilege of being able to get to do it yeah it leads into it here you do it and i think when you stay more connected on that side that's when i think it can work i think the jadedness that can happen really i think can re reflect in like who you are and your ego and your music and your creativity um and even the music that you make and how you carry yourself as a person it's a full it's a full deal 360 yeah <laughs> you said yeah it's a, a self-signing up 360 deal <laughs> taking advantage of yourself and trying to win at the same time definitely um <laughs> Um, one thing I've always loved about your work and the band's work, obviously, is the ability to do an eclectic range of different creation. Um, and would you say that's something of importance being that the band is over a decade old at this point? Like, did you know that you were always going to want to collaborate and work with others i mean obviously the band started out that way but is that something that just happened because you guys have been together so long or do you think now you want to do more things to yourself because you want to more define bad bad not good as being a unique entity um i think like we we as a group have um like you know just we have such a high privilege of being able to look at other people's like careers that have started in the 50s or whatever music cycles of it all the industry behind it and i think at this point <clears throat> the main uh yeah like the main collective force is i think really appreciating what this is you know this little group and the opportunity we have and at the current time, we're having more friends come out and play and record with us to share more of their stories, have more depth in the music. It's inspiring to us. And as we see the world turning, it's really beautiful to be able to share more and more. Absolutely. So I think honoring it in that sense has been the most uh, revitalizing kind of way, not just like, I need to do this as a job and mm -hmm. this is for me. It's mm -hmm. like, okay, I can do the things, but also, I can make it about other people. And I feel like any good community is very much rooted in that kind of philosophy. So I feel that's, um, I think kind of where the mindset is really at with it. And especially with the acceptance and um, yeah, the kind of like peer uh, love that we've been able to have from people we've never met and get to work with one time or, 
different sure. shows, getting to back different artists or whatever. I think, yeah, it's like, okay, we've had a lot of people really support us and put us on or be inspired by us or excited about what we're doing and, and share that with us. And it's like, I want to share that with other people too. And like include more in the conversation because it's just, it's a beautiful way to live. That's a really, I really like that sentiment um, because that you make such a good point. Like you have been able to work on projects, even if one off or work with people that are immensely talented, even not to say that you guys aren't, but I know what you're saying there and to have the ability to extend that to others on future projects and have them share their stories exactly how you said that's a really nice sort of new leaf um, going forward for you guys, even if it's um, for a long-term thing that you do every once in a while, or for like a single project in terms of a collaborative project or some, something of that nature. It's a really nice sentiment. Yeah. When we started out, we were very like, there was an immaturity about our own discomforts, like playing jazz and taking solos and then listening to people who even were at, at the current time, whether we play a jazz festival, we always get so nervous, mm-hmm. which is, you know, I think gratefully so. Like if one of the best piano players alive is playing, I'm not the best drummer alive. So my skills don't match up. But then right. after years of time, you're like, okay, well, there's something, there's other things that I can bring that don't have to just be technical. I can bring, my own version of stories and experience with my own adaptations of style or perceptions of music and life and culture and love and family that make me who I am. So I think that we're, yeah, it's just that, you know, you want to, the main observation of wanting this to exist because we actually do love it and appreciate how much it supports us and and can feed us is really like oh opening the doors up as much as possible that's the true way to like have it work because i think certain Mm -hmm. things can run so like in one lane their whole time and they just kind of fizzle out eventually yeah but you know the more exciting nature it can have and also trying to do this in an honest way where whoever's coming in it's like we honor their time and appreciate them not just like oh you're just kind of doing this to help us like stay up it's like no 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 like come up with us you know that's more important i think than anything else um helping people yeah come in the studio learn about the studio environments we work in because it is a different or the way the tour goes or different things like that so sure um We've been able to also like learn a lot of things that you just don't get in like schools or, you know, oh, music industry sure. people don't tell for you sure. necessarily. Yeah. So I think that's the other big thing that we felt early on was like, okay, cool. There's a lot of information that we're not able to get in this like college program. Um, that is really, really vital. I think to having a career in music and to being into what you do and potentially like being able to support yourself that way. Bro, I was almost thinking about earlier, like when you were kind of talking about it, because you came at a time where like YouTube was like probably the main way people were getting music, probably YouTube, iTunes, like kind of that. Mm-hmm. And now yeah, still still buying music for sure. Right. And now like streaming. Yeah. And I don't even want to go on that crazy of a tangent, but what an interesting thing y'all have had to pivot into. And I know every artist that has been around, but just that must have 
has that been a trip just to like have to do release oh, sure. and all that i mean like when you go to a record store and i you buy a lot of music from the 60s and 70s there's you know there's a lot of plus in the day and age we live in or as you can be doing your thing in whatever part of the world and you can show people it like how maybe they don't see it or maybe they see it and it goes viral or whatever but the accessibility point is truly like the most beautiful thing i think about the modern age yeah but the overstimulated and very like a short attention span world we live in is the true like downfall because things don't have a moment to like even make the deepest impact possible um but that also sometimes depends on the art the artist and the community that is listening so i still believe in all that but mm-hmm. yeah the streaming thing's really interesting because i feel like now it kind of makes artists have to do all these things that you wouldn't really do or want to do in the past and maybe you could yeah. just focus on like your shows and your music and your style and whatever but now you have to do like so much content based stuff and it's like okay sure i get it i'm super happy to like roll (laughs) with the game but yeah it's definitely yeah i don't know honestly like i'm not a completely analog person i own a laptop and airpods and these are my watches or whatever but uh there is just such a world (laughs) that we lived in before that had a lot of like problems but also had a flow and system that was like really fun (laughs) you know just a lot less centralized with how it should go because you're seeing someone else do it it's whatever knowledge you could get yeah sure like it had more of a actual connection to each other i feel like that yeah and less of a influence based or like i don't know yeah yeah. Well, I mean, you know, we grew, I grew up like I'm 32. I'm not sure how old, how old you are, but we grew up before social media and the internet was really a thing. So you would just like be like, mom, I'm going to my friend's house. And you would just call your mom from his phone or their phone. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. I stay for dinner here. And then you would just go home. Like, you know, there was this complete <laughs> like, dis- like a floating life happening that yeah. would line up when it could or it did. But yeah, now it's like you can track everybody. So. <laughs> I'm, I'm younger i'm i'm 27 but i'll i didn't have instagram until i was like 16 or something maybe mm-hmm. um but still like i look at like my girlfriend's like little cousins and they've had instagram and like tiktok since they were like six or seven because their parents get them iphones for some reason at like you know like seven and eight yeah but, like, I, I was i wasn't allowed to have a flip phone until i started doing organized sports so i didn't get a flip phone (laughs) until i was like 12 i think yeah and it really i think it does change everything because i was like i think i was using uh i think i was using like limewire or something to like get music initially oh yeah ipod like music was very different like at that time like there was the influence was coming from top 100 and like whatever my friends were telling me to get like it was very different yeah for sure for more online forums more pirate piracy <laughs> i love that time burning cds oh three players that held like yeah. 30 songs so yeah. fun <laughs> yeah 
I miss honestly, I miss that too. I miss like le- when albums used to leak and you'd get the leak and you like kind of feel specialty about it and it like almost hyped up listening to the music. Yeah, like hot new hip hop and shit. Like, and you would just like go on and see and like Dat Piff. And I don't know, there was like certain places where like you would hope like music would leak. Yeah. Uh, none of that shit. Uh, the la- one of the last like really great leak memories I had was my friend got the Yeezus leak. And I remember being like, oh my gosh, like I'm so excited because he had done those crazy like projection rollouts where he's yeah, on like every major city, right? Yeah. So it was like, and it was the song is intense and beautiful and samples were cool, whatever. Yeah. And then I just remember being like, just I, he's like, we're about to listen to it right now. And I was like, oh my gosh. And so I just stood there and listened to it for like 35 minutes. And, you know, I just, it's because it's exciting. You're like, you have this. It's not even out yet. Like, you're not supposed to have this. This is really cool. And it, yeah, it puts more excitement into the music. Um, people are getting back to that, I think, with like listening parties and that kind of stuff, trying to like yeah put some community into <laughs> listening to music or things that are new. Yeah. But yeah, that, that, that time was fun because it was, there was like a criminal aspect to it <laughs> that felt exciting. Yeah. Now music feels very isolated. Um, mm-hmm. But alas, uh, I wanted yeah, yeah. to, I wanted to, uh, I wanted to ask you about, um, I feel like, so when you did the, when you did the track with doom, right? So you originally, you guys put out the YouTube video where you kind of do, you do remixes of doom songs about tw- 12 years ago, something uh, around that time. Yeah. Yeah, and then eventually yeah. you do a song with doom mm-hmm. was that like a really big moment for you guys like as a collective i have to assume and yeah, absolutely um, what was absolutely. it like what was it like working with him um we never worked with him properly in studio I, okay I, I knew that that was going to be the case it's doom like he's like literally the most elusive rapper ever sure um, sure so he sent he, he sent in his um verse yeah and we met him we met him twice um yeah anything we worked on he just he recorded in his own spot like just like getting him to record on it and him writing and being into it was like clearly the biggest and most honorable cosign you could get ever and mm-hmm. yeah so that was kind of how that all worked out um we met him a couple times and he was really nice and like you know just doom like he kind of like you you'd be like oh man like fuck with the band like this is great or whatever and then he'd be like but i gotta go so i'll see you guys soon <laughs> <And just laughs> um was doing but, the music video an enjoyable uh process are you talking about the ray gun one the ray gun one actually none of us are in it that was like a video that this director kind of like put together and commissioned in la like without without our involvement like creatively but yeah he like put it together so interesting okay so yeah. it's literally just to make it seem as if he's in it yeah i guess so <laughs> yeah okay that's an old one i haven't even i haven't watched that in a while but um there's yeah, a masked, so there's a masked figure in it <laughs> right 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 right, right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah um actually that i think it's um left brain from for formerly left brain i don't know if it still goes by it, but vermage future that it plays the mass character that's hilarious okay okay um but yeah um 
the doom stuff all kind of initiated because we met friends in London who worked at Lex records, which is where he was signed and they did danger doom and doomsday and JJ doom. And they were just putting out the JJ doom project. So we did a remix for that. And then Lex records took the sour soul record that we were working on with Ghostface and got us a doom verse on it. And then the last thing, that happened, which was two years ago, I guess. I can't remember now. It was for GTA Update, but they got doomed to rap I saw on that. This, like cover yeah. that we did, and then he had passed away like four months later, um, which is pretty wild. So, yeah, I mean, you know, that's like absolutely one of my biggest heroes. I can't. I'll still remember like the first time I ever heard his music. Someone showed me in high school opened my ears up to so many incredible samples and even like right. that right. rapping could be that unique and weird and entertaining and comical also, right yeah but also just like super meaningful and like you know so much story and nuance to it so the whole thing yeah it's cool uh his sampling right i feel like that's got to be a major a major part in the connection between you guys so that totally makes sense very very cool yeah that's awesome that you guys were able to to work together um i don't know how much name dropping you like but i have some name dropping at this at this point in time um no problem no problem um so i was told that you worked with um virgil composing for a louis vuitton fashion show but I don't really know yeah. much about it. Can you kind of explain how that came about and like what made you decide to like work on that project? Um, I just started talking to Virgil on the internet and then uh, I got a, I've got a bunch of people together to buy tickets to the Life of Pablo tour. And Virgil was on the tour as well because he was helping put that show together and creative direction, styling mm. the whole thing with Kanye and okay um so then yeah we i so that was the first time i met him at the show and he where we were sitting he came up to where we were and like upgraded all our seats down to the floor and so we just had this really like fun kind of awesome relationship shooting uh sharing ideas back and forth um and then before he could tell me it was a louis vuitton like fashion show or that he was going to be the head designer um he was like, oh, I got this really awesome project, blah, 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 blah. You know, I'd love to like work with you guys and have original music or whatever. So he was a super ideas guy. So we actually wrote a suite of music for that fashion show. And then what we ended up playing was like a combination of uh, uh, some of our songs. He wanted to like premiere one of the newer Kanye songs from that gay album. And then have this like Pink Floyd-esque intro so we just kind of like put together this like suite of music, but we did it live at the oh, fashion cool. show in, in 2018. Yeah, there, there's a video of that on YouTube. That was, <laughs> that, was a, that was a really incredible high stress, good, intense, emotionally charged day because that's where that hug, where the Kanye and Virgil like kind of oh, that's that show. Yeah, that was like right. That was like right in front of the drums. I was like, it was a huge. Uh, recognition of emotion inside for sure yeah um so do you guys enjoy like i because i noticed that a lot of times you guys will play live like for other people like you'll help out 
like so and that's kind of what that was in this case um do you enjoy doing that and then kind of to also talk a little bit further on the actual louis vuitton show um how much work actually went into like time wise and and for you guys personally to actually composing what you needed to put into that show um definitely enjoy that type of stuff because i feel like playing with different musicians or artists or getting to play live at a fashion show which was a very first experience um gives you a different sense of music and its connectivity and um the the many rules and environments it can be a part of and how uh, influential it can be so that's always a mega plus which i think charges up the the spirit and the soul to then want to go make music and do things and Mm -hmm. have more experiences and keep the uh, creative and connective world alive. And for that one, we composed a bunch of stuff, but we didn't end up playing the original compositions. We just played like one of our uh, songs that Virgil liked. And he actually created like a sequence. He was like, okay, I want to like, I want you to like recreate this live. And Mm. then we just, sequenced from us playing to transitioning to a song that just played and then going into um into one of our own songs for the ending so uh yeah it was a very fun unique and intense experience because it was like the first show his first shows there was so much kind of like wow how's this gonna go what's this gonna be like right i'm sure he was quite stressed (laughs) yeah he didn't actually seem that stressed. Wow. He just okay. like had like a, he, he, we, we connected quite a lot after that and kind of became friends. A lot of texting, <laughs> a lot of shared ideas. I'm, and I'm sure he was friends with, you know, a million other creatives, which I, I love so much about him. And uh, a lot of mental bandwidth with that guy, huh? I think he just had the kind of like, patience and the foresight to see something through that it and it would usually just work because he really believed in it yeah you know? well that's I'm a hard sure skill to have yeah yeah i mean he was able to do so many things and connect so many different people and i think to be able to do that you just have to really like have a, a patience and a, a trust in life and in experience and process absolutely um so what year was that? That was 2018. 2018. So after that point, were you like, okay, I want to continue like to open my horizon and be willing to take on projects that are not just things that are composing for like a bad, bad, not good album. Like you, was that like, did you do things after that that were, outside of that realm like of just recording studio albums yeah for sure that uh, my band name leland and i we did a movie score um for like a canadian film that was just kind of like through some friends that was a very like accessible thing not not super big time one but your, I think just your seeing... music lends itself very well to i think at least Sure. Yeah, or, this, or, yeah. yeah, this was a funny one because they, they wanted a very specific sound of music, which was very dissonant and very intense. So we like oh, okay. this like horror, almost horror leaning sounding soundtrack for a not horror film, but um, learned a lot. Good experience. Um, 
yeah, I think we're always kind of up to try things and do different projects and, you know, learn new skills or try things that we might have a connection to or an interest in. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. We're again, you know, students of all this music and life and art. And that really, I think inspires us a lot to want to be good musicians, be good people and try to be able to speak honestly in our work and with and sharing works of others as well. So for sure, honestly, I wouldn't even say that show in particular, that show was extremely influential. There was a super high after something like that. We're like, yeah, I can believe that that happened. And there was, you know, it's crazy with the amount of culture and intention and drive he put into it. Like the show itself had so many amazing features where I think the first two rows in a bunch of sections were all architects and design students from around the world that he had flown in. Oh, very cool. Some Some type of scholarship program. And then you have all these celebrities and then you have rappers and singers who are walking in the show for the first time, like Steve Lacey and Playboy Cardi and stuff. So there's all this like kind of what's going on, but then it's kind of become the normal now classic, Mm -hmm. like six years later. So mega visionary. I think just his like kind of drive to want to see it happen and believe in people and put new things together. That's definitely changed my life quite a bit. Very infectious. Yeah and being able to talk to him about ideas and he'd be so complimentary if you shared anything with them. And there was just kind of like this constant, like fun and freedom that was happening. And I think that's definitely, um, anytime I feel like maybe my ego is coming more into play or I think like, uh, over analyzing something or being too critical, I just think kind of like usually in respects to him and it kind of helps me, like understand that it's all a process and a journey and there will be more opportunities to record a song or make a video or do a photo shoot or whatever you you want to have so perfect you know right the perfection doesn't really need to be there at every stage or every level of something to be good or to be enjoyed a beautiful soul and a visionary i guess truly right yeah 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 really really special human being big includer of anybody and everybody you wanted to see everybody join the party, have fun and rock with it. So that was really cool. Um, recently, I obviously know that you did a full score for escape video for um, Sagan's Ran Paris de Noche. Um, mm-hmm. What was it like to do music for escape project? And um, can you talk a little bit about how that came about and the process for that and um, how you felt about, um, I guess, the finished product? Um, oh, yeah, my brain, I'll work in reverse. I feel like it turned out really well and it's a really great project. So I can put a lot of blood, heart, sweat and tears in there. And uh, I'm really, really grateful to be a part of it. I got put on to so much amazing skaters and skating mm-hmm. and people through this project. So I, you know, forever grateful for that. I, um, I grew up skating in the suburbs of Toronto where. Oh, you did. Yeah. So I I sucked so bad and still do, but (laughs) I just loved it as a kind of like weirdly related activity to playing an instrument. That's very kind of on your own schedule and Mm -hmm. and (laughs) time of practice. Yeah. That you're willing to fall for it. Um, and I love 
watching skate videos like my friends we would watch skate videos all the time and learn about music from skate videos be like oh like david bowie or fat lip or trying i can't really think of everything right now but girl yeah right was a huge one for me because i was like the you know the invisible skateboards the will owen wilson skit all the little fun yeah, ones yeah, that yeah, spike yeah. jones is putting to it were just so entertaining and fun and the music was really great as well so like finding music growing up in skating was a huge thing even tony hawk you know the soundtrack of tony hawk lives in my head a little bit <laughs> music that i would never listen to but it was there um but so yeah i've always loved the connection with it and i just kind of was really aware of it so uh bad bad actually did a music video like two years ago for the talk memory album um track is called city of mirrors and i was like during the pandemic scott got back into skateboarding i live on a farm it's a, sk- a skate park not too far it's always dead so i can go in there and suck and practice and nice have that's a good mess. time with that yeah. yeah and uh then i was like well why don't we like you know see about making a skate video we're trying to make all this content for music videos no one's doing anything it's a pandemic so a skate video got made for that and that was just a really fun exciting project and got to go out with a bunch of toronto skaters that i didn't really even know very well and they were all super cool and very talented and kind of the same thing happened with Sega. he's like i want to make an original soundtrack for a skate video i'm working on blah blah blah, blah. and i was like i love it i get it like i know why that's a great idea <laughs> and i know why that's gonna be really fun mm-hmm. so very short form he was incredible to work with very kind very easygoing i think that's the nature of his personality and why he's good at what he does (laughs) and so it was just a beautiful experience yeah he helped kind of like pick some songs he thought was cool i just shared a bunch of music and then i just went uh and worked with some bandmates and friends to kind of sauce it up a bit as best as i could and what you hear is what you get yeah 100 (laughs) percent Is um is being able to do like solo work like something that's very important to you like for your career? Like is that what group climate is? Yeah. Well, I initially started it as a way to just kind of like have an excuse to go record drums by itself for a means of sampling or making loops or whatever. Okay. And then uh I'm just started making more beats and different things like that and wanting to just kind of learn. I've always been, you know, inspired by like a Mad Lib who plays drums and can record jazz albums, mm-hmm. but also makes beats and raps and does the whole thing. Pretty genre limitless too, yeah. um, creative. So just kind of trying to honor that <laughs> type of um, mentor a little bit and just wanting to create stuff. So the group climate project is, um, I look at it as a means of myself kind of like leading something that's not bad by not good, but I don't want it to feel like it's just me. I want the sound and the music to feel like there's a lot of story and cadence to it. That is other people playing and sharing their beautiful, creative passion and sound. So my friend Juan Carlos, um, he's playing percussion on everything and Chester's playing bass on stuff too. So I want it to feel more like of a, like a band itself, but the collaborative work yeah it doesn't have to have the kind of like same uh like nuances as bad but not good because it's fresh and it can be its own thing 
And so the the Paris de Noche like actual body of work, that mm-hmm. album, that was a group climate project because that was your work with just collaboration pieces from band members and stuff like that. Yeah, stuff I was like making over the pandemic or starting and then I was like, all right, like now that these songs are kind of finding a lane to even get released and or mm-hmm. finished, you kind of learn more about what the what doing a side project meant to me. Don't I feel like even with Baba Not Good, it feels great that it is a group project and there's not just like one person that is the Oh thing. yeah. Yeah. You course. know, it's a nice space to just share and enjoy it as a family and so i want this the other things that i do to feel like that because there's just something really satisfying to celebrate and share with other people than just celebrating your own success or your own solo thing you know yeah um there's also something so, nice yeah. too about taking risk uh being able to take risks and doing that if you can in the group climate and like you don't need to attach it to like bad bad and it just yeah. kind of be like that is nice because taking risks is important especially when you've been a part of something for over a decade like you want to be able to do that yeah and i think having to kind of restart at ground zero with it and like tell people about it or like try to like ask people yeah. to listen to it is like a really nice endearing way to like understand the experience that i that i've already been through once before and how privileged and lucky I am to have that. And so I kind of base without it being like the main focus, I really do feel like the connection I have with art is that something that is, has a spirit and has a charge in it, whatever it is, will find people. And that's kind of what I'm hoping that this music does as well. Whether, whatever the pacing of that is, is okay. It's more just like if people like it and they want to listen to it, that's my goal is like to, to make something that I feel like is special and it encapsulates a special sound and feeling with my friends. And that if you're going to listen to it and give, my, give it the time of day, it makes you feel something. Absolutely. Um, so I guess kind of to, to wrap up, I wanted to ask you why live on a farm? What is the significance <laughs> of of having the space? I think I I think I know why, but I'm 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 curious. Um, well, it's this is a great question t- because I get I get zero credit on the why or the initial how. Um, I'll take credit at this point now, but my wife has um, ridden horses for a lot of her life, starting in her like cool. You know, yeah, before her teens. And so that's been a huge part of who she is and um, her, her like favorite activity to do. That's her skating. That's her making music, mm. making beats. Um, so when we were thinking about, okay, like future plans or goals or whatever, we don't have the money to live in a city like Toronto, which is an expensive real estate kind of a setting. Um, yeah. So we rent, rent an apartment there and we're like, why don't we just like look elsewhere like out in the in the kind of boons of countryside yeah countryside and see what's around so we just started doing it every other weekend and she's on all the realtor websites going hard and this realtor took us to a couple spots and then the one i'm in now kind of came up and we were like 
place seems like really nice. It's like, is this too good to be true? It's the vibe here. And um, we live here. <laughs> we bought it. And then through the pandemic, um, we moved here because we are like, you know, we don't know what's going on. People are dying, isolation, whatever, whatever. Mm -hmm. Intense time. And yeah, now we have, we built a small barn. We have some horses on the farm. And Beautiful. Yeah, we're here with our daughter. And it's a really, for myself, as I can speak on it, it's just a really amazing experience to have the peace and the tempo that is this isolated, quieter lifestyle or space to live. And as a creative person, I do feel like gives me a better pacing with my dreams and ideas mm -hmm. to then really feel like if this is something strong and good and I really feel it, I've had time to like be with the feeling and know that I got to do it versus like spur of the moment. It's here now, got to get done. And then be like, ah, that kind of sucked. Like, I think you get, I get a little bit of a better temperament with, uh, you know, just like life and having ideas or wanting to do certain things or having goals and the connection with those ideas and goals, how strong it feels. Are you hitting people with like the Kanye Wyoming energy? Are you like, yo, pull, pull <laughs> up to pull up to the Toronto country? Before, before the, uh, well, it's funny because we got the farm like 2019. So we had a few awesome, like little friend rendezvous parties up here and stuff like that. And then, then Jake, when we got pregnant and then we're like, okay, well that, that's kind of done. We right. still have them from time to time. Yeah. Um, and now we partied differently running around blasting thriller or whatever it's fun music to just <laughs> go off to um but yeah um sometimes i've been doing like it's a lot more low-key than it would be if we didn't have a family but i'm totally happy to be a dad and to you know get to run around and scream you get to play music super loud if you want you can literally <laughs> do whatever you want pretty yeah. much when you have the space versus like a city or an apartment where mm -hmm. like someone below you someone beside you there's you walk outside your door there's like a hundred cars driving by and it's just like loud and chaotic and stuff like that yeah i never really realized that <laughs> living in a city and and touring in cities too you know like yeah. having that as the 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 job space it is nice to be like all right i get to like go home drive up to the farm and maybe not even drive the car for four days if you don't have to yeah, I really need to go anywhere. I can go for walks. I can do whatever. Yeah, it's got a really nice um, slow and stillness to it. Yeah, I live I live in the in New York City, and I come visit my parents upstate every you know every few weekends, and it's just nice to like. It feels like there's just no worry. Everything goes very slow. <laughs> my breathing yeah. is very calm. Like. There's just really, you know what I mean? Like when you're driving, there's like very little amounts of people. I don't know. Everything is like very calm. Everyone's a lot nicer too. I don't know. Not, it's yeah. not always it's, true, but. No, 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 no. There's, there's still people who are grouchy and crazy everywhere you go, but there is just something I I did learn quite a bit about myself moving up here and just like the way I was functioning and the way my brain was working and you know healthy and unhealthiness and it's whole um all the manifestations of who i am and how i exist and how i approach things and what i do so it's just taught me a lot about 
you know, needing to take time to feel things and be a human being and be responsible for my own experiences and my own actions and how to support a family and all those things. So I do hold a lot of gratitude for the, uh, the countryside lifestyle for that. You're a true creative. So I'm sure there's a lot going on up there. (laughs) Sure, It's hard to tame it. Yeah. What's for dinner? You know, that's a creative conversation after every day. Yeah. Right. Right. (laughs) 